On-demand listening is made possible by Bellarmine University. Grounded in the liberal arts and sciences, Bellarmine offers over 50 majors and 15 graduate and advanced degree programs. More at bellarmine.edu. You know, I have to say, sometimes I just have to pinch myself. For the last, oh, five, six minutes, I've been just hanging and talking and shooting the breeze with none other than Steve Earle. You know, life is tough sometimes. <laughs> Well, it's, it's it's good to be here. Glad, glad we had time to stop by. Yeah, I tell you, uh, he was uh, telling me that uh, you've had a couple of weeks off from a pretty grueling tour. How many shows have you done? How many more do you have to go? Seventy so far since we started the middle of May. Uh, we did like about nine shows in the States to kind of warm up, and then we went to Europe. And then we had nine days off when we got back from Europe the middle of um, of June. And then we started up, or, or well, it was the third week in June, and then we started... Just after July 4th, I think it was the 6th, exactly, uh, in Kansas City, and went west, across the mountains, and then up into Canada, and went ran from Vancouver, British Columbia, all the way to St. John's, Newfoundland, across Canada. Oh, and man. we dropped down for two or three shows in, in sort of the, the upper mi- Midwest during that run, but most of it was Canada. And then... Um, you know, we ended up coming back down and far south as 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 Knoxville, and um, last show was in J. Pete, Vermont. You know, two weeks ago, and and uh, we've had two weeks off, and now coffee breaks over, everyone back on your heads, <laughs> and uh, we were like, uh, we this show, to, uh, we go from here to Columbia, Missouri, um, well Tulsa, Columbia, Missouri, back to, to Chicago, and then jump from Chicago to Aspen. Oh, and yeah, then yeah, cross yeah. the mountains, and then we're going up to the Pacific Northwest, and then down the West Coast, across the desert states, you know, back through Texas. And, and the last show will be November 2nd Wow! Uh, when we get home to my home, New York City, um, uh, Town Hall on November 2nd. It'll be the last show in North America. And then we go to Australia in April. <laughs> and, so, and somewhere in there you collapse and take a nap. <laughs> I'm employed, so I'm not complaining about it. I'm, you know, it's, there you go. It's good, it's good to be working. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that aren't. Well, of course, tonight the show is at Headliners here in Louisville, Kentucky. Steve Earle and the Dukes, and they're touring in support of their latest release, uh, The Low Highway. And um, Before we start to talking about that album, I'd love to hear a song, any song. You can do one off of the album. You can do well, another we one. we can do this song. This is The Low Highway. Traveling now on the low highway, 
yellow moon and light day snow white crown on a mountain top it down where the shadows fall Little man with a rifle in his hand been away to battle in a distant land Taught him a hate and taught him a kill Now he's out on a road with a hole to build Nobody knows the price he paid So he's taking his toll Highway, the latest from Steve Earle and the Dukes, and they're going to be at Headliners tonight, and the Mastersons are going to be starting off the show this evening at Headliners. I was uh, listening to the album last night, and um, there's a song on there I, I just love, the 21st Century Blues, and right. I think it has the, the, the line in there that, if anything, kind of sums up the album. Here we are, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but here we are in the 21st century, and it's not nearly as cool as I thought it would be. I right. thought that was a great line. Is that kind of where you were coming from in this well, yeah yeah it's not it's uh it's kind of um i mean i grew up i think that the first line that i had was was um um was out something allison said which was like basically you know where's my flying car and and i and i did grow up believing we would have flying cars and <laughs> so now, now that i think about that um it would really be stupid because we you know we're killing <laughs> enough people with cars on the ground but mm. it's it's one of those things that um Especially, I lived in Tennessee for 33 years, and people there really can't drive. So that would be that be a complete <laughs> total disaster. But uh, I don't, um, you know, it's 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 about. I grew up. I'm an optimist. I mean, I'm I'm 58, and I have a three year old son. I'm obviously an optimist, but I I um, um, there's, you know, I don't think this is the world that I thought it was going to be when I was. Uh, 
when I was 14, 15, 16 years old, you know, in the late 60s and early 70s, I think. Uh, and I still believe in all of those things. I don't, um, you know. Um, but it's also the song sort of ends up talking about, well, maybe if things aren't what we expect them to be, it's, it's because we're not doing what necessarily what we're supposed to be doing. No, I can certainly agree with that. Um, you know, there's, and I'd, I'd love to take the responsibility for this quote, but I have to give this over to uh, Joanna Colangelo of uh, Huffington Post, wrote that there's a, you speak a lot in this record of the invisible people in our society, and she ponders, is living on the periphery of society a curse or a way to be truly free? Well, I mean, you know, I think it's both. I mean, I think um, I've lived... Um, I marginalized myself several times in my life. You know, I, I was literally homeless for a period of time, you know, not that long ago. I mean, mm -hmm. I've been clean. I had a really bad drug habit. I've been clean 19 years this past Friday. And, um, well, congratulations. But, uh, thanks. But, uh, there was a period there, you know, almost exactly 20 years ago that I, I literally was homeless for about, you know, I mean, I had a house. But I never went there. There were no drugs anywhere near it. So I was sleeping under bridges and in cars and, you know, usually some friends of mine cars that I had borrowed because I didn't have a car anymore. Police had my had confiscated my car. And, um, you know, it got it, things got my bottom was pretty low. And um, you see a lot. You see a lot of what um, what happens to a lot of people and the people that you run into down there are not necessarily people that put themselves there like I was. You know, there were people that, that, um, lived in neighborhoods where they were sort of held hostage inside their homes by drug activity that I was involved in. And, and, and um, that, and, but they, they were completely and totally innocent themselves. There were kids growing up there, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, so it's, it's one of those things you don't, um, you know, you see, uh, you know, all you can do, if you've had that sort of experience, if you're me, you're lucky. You can do something with that experience. Um, and I've, you know, I've written a lot of stuff in a lot of different mediums about that experience. You know, in the last twenty years, and it seems to be in so far an inexhaustible uh, point of view as far as making art. For some reason, uh, people seem to be interested in it. Well, um, <laughs> you do it so very well. I think that's one of the, the reasons. But I was uh, talking to Tommy Emanuel earlier uh, today, and he was talking about how important it is to stay inspired with the music. And and is there anything that is inspiring you right now? Is that difficult for you to stay inspired? Well, I moved to New York because, you know, like eight years ago, because that was about staying inspired. I, I lived in Tennessee for 33 years, and you know, I toured a lot, so I wasn't there a lot. And part of it was my dad got sick and didn't get around to well the last few years of his life, and then he passed away. And and I had this, um, you know, I had to, it got me thinking, you know, I'd like to think I'm going to spontaneously combust on the back of a bus, you know, like me and Bob, you know, but I don't, um, it may not work out that way. What if something happens and my wings get clipped? And I suddenly can't tour. What if you know? I'm you. Have to, my, what my lifestyle is, is and it's it's just why I never complain. I'm not used to ever having to go longer than um, I mean a maximum of eighteen months without seeing Paris. Wow. <laughs> in in okay. my adult life, except for that period when I was when my drug habit took me out, you know, mm -hmm. um, twenty years ago. So that's that's what I'm used to. That's normal for me. So. Um, it's, um, 
you know, it's one of those things. I'm like, uh, if you do, if you took that travel away from me, did I want to be in in uh, spend the rest of my life in Nashville, Tennessee? And the answer was no. Um, I'd rather. I needed to see a mixed race, same sex couple walking down the street holding hands. It made me this political times that we've lived through and these hard times that we're living through right now, it made me feel safer as white and heterosexual as I am to just be in a diverse neighborhood. And I live in Greenwich Village. I live two blocks from Stonewall and I live, you know, um, my youngest son was born in New York City and he's going to, you know, he's going to see, he's he sees um, people from all over the world every day. And I yeah. think it's good for him. And and, uh, and and it's good for me. It's kind of like sticking my finger in a light socket. It's sort of, you know, and I've, I've done a lot since I've, I've written a, a, the better part of a novel and, you know, part of the memoir I'm working on now and um, put up a play that I'd already, that was already written when I moved to New York, but I, but we staged it there. And, um, you know, um, I've just done a lot of stuff. I don't think I would have done if I hadn't, had moved to New York. That's right. I'm talking to Steve Earle right now. He's performing tonight at Headliners. And I was going to ask you about, you know, I know you've done a lot of writing, short story writing, book writing. Does that, is that help your songwriting or does sure. it have any influence at all? Yeah, you don't get the, to spend that much time. You know, it's like a, <clears throat> I've started acting too. And, and you know, people like actors um, have discovered that there's, it's a lot that TV series are some of the best writings being done for television rather than films now. And that there's a lot of, you know, there's a huge advantage to being able to spend more time with the character. And, and you know, the longer forms are like that. For a songwriter, I'm used to telling a story pretty quickly and, and um, some pretty elaborate stories I've told in, in three and four minutes, you know. But but having to take more time with it, it's a luxury and it's also harder work. You know, you mm-hmm. have to stay in the seat working on the same piece for, you know, for weeks and uh, even months and even years at a time in the case of my last, my last novel. So, um, it's, but I, I like doing it and it makes the songwriting stronger. It all comes back to that. All of it, the acting, when I'm, as an actor, I've only said words that were written by, you know, like, um, David Simon and, and Tim Blake Nelson and, you know, people that could really write. And, and, uh, so that's, that's a lot of why I do that. It's, 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 it's great writing. Do you uh, plan on doing any more series? Any more a television series? Um, well, if I was, I'd love to get a television series. But I, I'm, I just shot a feature, the second one I've done. Um, it's a, called "The World Made Straight," which is by um, based on a book, a novel by a by a North Carolina writer called Ron Rash, and a um, really really cool book. Um, it's a first time director. His name's David Burris. He's from North Carolina. We shot it in Asheville. It's me, Noah Wiley, uh, oh, cool. Minka, Minka Kelly, and. Um, uh, Jeremy Irvine, who uh, you saw in War Horse, if you saw that, the in- young English actor that played the lead in War Horse. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm a bad guy in it. I mean, a really, really, really bad guy. It's actually my second drug dealer. The other feature I was in, I played a drug dealer, but that was a comedy that Tim Blake Nelson wrote and directed. So this was this was a little more intense. So, But, but it's, I love, I mean, my first experience with acting was The Wire, and the second one was Treme. And I, no, actually, I did the feature in between the two series. But <clears throat> I... Uh, or a feature between the two series, but but I would love to. I want to be. I got. I want to be on Girls. It shoots in New York, and it's the best writing around right now. I think. And, uh, but I'll play a tree if they'll let me. You know? <laughs> I've made that publicly 
you know, none that I'll, I'll play shrubbery if I have to to get on girls. <laughs> That's awesome. Again, I'm talking to Steve Earl. We're going to get one more song from you, but um, and I'm, you know, having been over to Europe a few times, but just as you know, a visitor, you just seem like the prototypical American voice. Do you find that European audiences react to your songs differently than they do here? Well, I mean, the places I do are people are places where people understand what I'm singing about, and that's more countries than you think. I mean, it's definitely England and Ireland, but it's also the Scandinavian countries. Mm-hmm. Almost everyone speaks and understands English, and you know, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, um, Finland, not as much. I just I don't get there as much. It's pretty far uh, to Finland, and yeah. um, uh, and the and the Benelux, you know, like Belgium and the Netherlands. People, most people speak English in those areas, and uh, Luxembourg, and um, Especially Holland, play I play the Netherlands a lot, and um, you know I play France and Italy, but not as much. I always play Paris just because I refuse not to get to go to Paris. You know, if I when I get across the pond, but um, you know, it's it's it, my audiences are much smaller there because people don't. What I do is is about language to a certain extent. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So it's one of those. But I think um, I think people think I'm more mainstream. Um, you know, than I am. You know, people in Europe think I'm more mainstream here than I am, and and uh, that I don't. They have a hard time uh, understanding how. Just, um, well, there are some people that think that we're that we're you know, that we're really far to the right, and we are compared to them. But they have a hard time understanding what that really means culturally. To be, mm-hmm. um, you know, they love American music that that we only paid a certain amount of attention to, you know, blues and, you know, um, bluegrass and stuff that, you know, and jazz, you know, Mm -hmm. this is, it's, it's one of the reasons that I think anybody with an accent like mine has trouble in France is hardcore music fans in France identify people that talk like me with the people that oppressed these great, mostly black jazz artists that ended up having to come and live in Europe right. to be treated like first-class citizens when at the, in the heyday of bebop because that's what they're into they're into hard bop still to this day and and uh you know which is the only kind of jazz I mean I'm I'm kind of my my taste in jazz is very archaic I'm 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 you know it's about as advanced as I get. I, I love um well, I love Miles because it's there's and and I love even the bitches brew and that stuff because that's very much when I was growing up and, and and learning to play and music became important to me. But but I like you know I like Bud Powell and and Charlie Parker and and you know I like that kind of stuff and and um, and they still that stuff still is very much uh, a thing in Europe and they see um, there's a there's a prejudice against you know anything country or anything you know if I, I was originally played on country radio so i think i've had a hard time in france especially you know finding an audience outside of a club small club size audience in paris you know hmm. the paris rock would be like that but they'll go out and see anything with sideburns you know so it's, it's one of those deals <laughs> it's as much about fashion as it is anything else <laughs> the low highway is your latest release is i i know you're not supposed to have a favorite it's kind of like having a favorite child or whatever but do you have a favorite song on the record Oh, I don't know. I, I this there's a couple. I'm really proud of uh, the Low Highway itself. I'm yeah, really proud beautiful. of Remember Me, and um, and I, uh, you know, I just uh, I think um, Invisible's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. A lot of it was I, I worked so hard on it. I originally started Invisible for the for um, I'll Never Get Out of This World Alive, and and um, 
and I just um, ended up, um, I ended up like, uh, you know, it wasn't quite right, the version of it I came up with. And so I, it was first time ever, and I just held on to it and kept working on it and, and did come up with a version that I really liked for this record. It's sort of, I think it kind of needed and wanted to be on this record, you know, because that's what it's about. I live in a neighborhood in New York City that's... Um, Largely populated by investment bankers, I understand, or at least I, I, I become aware of that when I pay my rent. Uh, I don't ever see any investment bankers. I don't know any investment bankers that live in New York City. Um, I know they're nannies and, you know, they're dog walkers. When I take my kid and my dog to the park. But it's uh, a lot. My job was sort of invented in the neighborhood that I live in. And, and uh, there's a church there. And I walk by it every day. And I noticed that they were... They were feeding people, you know, there, that there was a soup kitchen had, it seemed to me, had just opened up. And, and Tim Robbins grew up in my neighborhood, and and I told him about that. And he said, no, man, there's there's always been a soup kitchen at church. I was an altar boy in that church, and it's been there since I was a little boy. And I realized that what I was seeing was that the line had become longer, and it started stretching up on the 6th Avenue. So I became aware of it. So this is kind of where this came from. <laughs>
cut Invisible, and it's off of the latest release from Steve Earle and the Dukes and the Duchess with the Low Highway is the name of the release, and Steve Earle going to be at Headliners tonight. I am so thrilled to have had a chance to talk to you. This has been a, a great afternoon. Well, cool. Thanks. Glad, glad we come back. On-demand listening is made possible by Bellarmine University. Grounded in the liberal arts and sciences, Bellarmine offers over 50 majors and 15 graduate and advanced degree programs. More at bellarmine.edu.